You're listening to A Dash of Everything, where we talk all things Winston-Salem Dash baseball. Now your hosts, Luke Hallett and Amanda Weaver. Welcome back to the Dash of Everything podcast. Luke Hallett, Amanda Weaver back with you for episode two. A lot has happened since our first episode. The Dash have played 12 games, Amanda. Seven and five through the first handful. I mean, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm excited. We've played good games. We've been back at Truist Stadium and on the road. I can't – I'm not upset. I can't be mad about it. Before we delve into that Rome series, I know that you lived up to your promise on the first podcast episode. There were tears shed on opening day. There were tears shed on opening day. And it actually – it wasn't at a first pitch or – at the crack of a bat. Okay. It was actually during the national anthem. Oh, before that it even. It was before it even started. But I think there's just so something special about that moment before it's the anticipation, it's happening, everyone's lined up, everyone is in their, you know, for us, our clean white pennies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a moment that everyone's lined up and you the field still looks immaculate, thanks to Corey Church. And you're standing there and you're like, man, wow, we're here. We made, we made it. it. And so I got a little emotional. And then, of course, first pitch happened, and it was – I had to excuse myself. I was on the <laughs> concourse. So so that you couldn't see me balled up in the fetal position, I went and hid so that I could cry in peace. Needed to be done. It Opening did. day. That's Opening what happens. Day. It was really emotional, but it was, I think, the best kind of emotional because it's that culmination of months of hard work in minor league baseball – and months of hard work across the board. I mean, if you talk to any other team, we all were pulling late nights and all of those things just to make that moment happen. And so for it to be there and, and happening in front of your eyes, you're like, my gosh, this is fantastic. Finally got there. Yeah. Yeah. And in that first series against Rome, obviously the fireworks Friday was a big thing too on that Absolutely. similar note. Thirsty Thursday, it's good to have those traditions back. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, fans look forward to those things. So for us to be still a staple in the community and those things happening is always a plus. And, of course, um, I'm a big sucker for fireworks Friday because, hello, they're just ugh, they're just so fun. I really do. Big sucker for fireworks, always. And they're right I, on the field too. Um, yeah, yeah. Going to picking up everything afterwards. <laughs> Perks of the job. Yeah. Um, so that's a really fun one for us because we get to not only be on the field. I did a Facebook Live for social media while it was happening. And then afterwards, it's like, all right, let's go pick up debris yeah. off of center field. <laughs> we so got to go clean up all the trash <laughs> in the outfield. So that we can play tomorrow. <laughs> I've always been surprised that they don't just scorch some grass on accident. Oh with some gosh. of those fireworks. I think Corey Church would just absolutely die. I, I, I don't know what you do at that point. I don't know what to do either. I don't know. I'll have to ask Corey. It's we'll good bring news, him though. on the podcast. That's right. Well, you <laughs> can't really have players yet. <laughs> True. We can't. Well, I mean, we could, but it would be over Zoom, so it's not as cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more difficult to try and actually get them on, even on Zoom, and the audio is not quite as well. So we'll get people on at some point, but yeah. hoping to get them actually in person at some stage in the game. Yeah. But in that first series against Rome, it really didn't go the Dash's way. They won two of the six games. The last game was exciting. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But what were some of your overarching themes, aside from it being the first series back? I mean, for me in, like, my area, it's always really fun for us because social media-wise, the content just flows. Um, You're not having to think of, okay, what can we do because it's not baseball season and creating that content. It just kind of naturally happens. So that's always a really big benefit on my end. But – Baseball-wise, 
it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those things like, yeah, they went to spring training, but to be back in a stadium, their first games at home, Rome is a fantastic team. And so it's finding that groove again. And so for us to have not performed as highly as you and I suspected in our first right. podcast, <laughs> yeah. the team is still good. They are. They're still good. I'm still a believer. Absolutely. <laughs> but for us to not perform so as well as we had you know, suspected, I don't think that that's abnormal especially for your first homestand, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But our fans love them all the same. And I think what stood out in that first series, at least from play on the diamond, there were a lot of opportunities that the Dash had, runners on base, two outs, one out, runners in scoring position, the bases loaded, and they just weren't able to convert. And I think that that's something they really improved upon moving forward already. But in that first series, I think that's what held them up from winning three games or winning four games, taking the series from Rome, was not being able to do that. Runners on base is a big deal. It's hard um, to leave those people there because absolutely it's an asset. And to to walk away from those innings with two, sometimes even three guys on base is hard as a a fan of baseball to watch that happen for those things to be in place in those those positions it's um difficult for us to sit there and not be like ah because put them in yeah just bring them home base knock i mean i think i was screaming from the press (laughs) box just a base knock um because yeah a base knock can bring home too yeah and and you know runners on base is a big um asset or what word am i looking for here a game changer. It is. We're leaving runners on base is a game changer. It is. And I mean, the Dash in a couple of those games left 11 guys on in two of those six contests. Other ones going into that series against Hickory, the fewest base runners they had allowed on was six. And I remember Murph and I were talking about it during one of the games. They had had 11 the prior game, and then the game where we were talking about it, they had eight. And I was like, look at us improving. I'm like, we only left eight on today. And he's like, yeah, only eight. Only eight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it makes it tough to try and take – three from a quality opponent, which Rome is, right? As of the recording of this podcast, they're tied with the Dash, seven and five in the standings. So, I mean, it, it's they're a very good team. Uh, they played Greensboro and split, you know, the series with them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was a difficult series, but I think they came out the other end against Hickory and played really well against the Crawdads. Oh, yeah. The Hickory Crawdads were a fun game to watch. I actually got to go and be in the stands, which – as someone who works in it, it was really fun for me to just sit and watch um, instead of having to work it. Thank you for tweeting games for me. You're welcome. Um, so it was fun to just be a fan for a night. Um, but it was it was just enjoyable for us to be in that position and, and walk away with wins in our pockets. In that series, Hickory, they didn't pitch particularly well, at least what they had done prior in a couple of those games. In a few of them, though, they really silenced the dash. In that that final game of the series, they won 2-1. to one. It looked like for a while that in the bottom of the ninth, Hickory could have come back. They had a runner at first, a runner at second, nobody out. Ayeo came in, though, and double play at the end, won the game, clinched five of six from Hickory, and I think that positive momentum is going to go a long way. Absolutely. It's great to have that kind of confidence moving forward to walk away with that many wins definitely can instill this sense of like okay now we've got it going we're in the groove we know how each other works we know how to play off of each other's strengths and encourage and and bring up each other's weaknesses and and cover those and so I think that from here on out that confidence is just going to propel us forward flashing back for a second to the first series against Rome 
starting pitchers, they didn't do so hot. I mean, they did not record a win during that. Both wins were from the bullpen. But in that series against Hickory, three wins from starting pitchers. Davis Martin got one. He looked terrific. Jason Billis had the first 10 strikeout games since 2019. Killer. I mean, Connor Pilkington, who's in double-A with the Barons now, was the last one to do that. I mean, that was 2019. I mean, that was a long time ago, essentially. Like forever. Exactly. And so they, they blended this great mix of starting pitching, and it's starting to look like the rotation is solidifying a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Um, Taylor Varnell? Yeah. What an outing for him in that situation. So I really think that these starting pitchers are, again, finding that groove, finding that position, learning where they are. Um, and once you have that thing kind of solidified, again, brings that sense of like, here's how things are going to work, consistency, routine. It makes things even better going forward. And Varnell pitched in that final game as well. I thought he was going to be the starter in that Sunday game, the 2-1 to Nash win. It ended up being Perez instead. Um, but Varnell came and earned the win. I mean, he's not allowed an earned run this season, hasn't allowed a run this season. And he's one of the two lefties, I guess three with Dan Metzdorf recently joining the team, um, that can come out and is really a dependable arm out of the pen or on the, on the mound. Mm-hmm. So big-time win in that series against Hickory, taking five of six from the Crawdads. They're 4-8. and eight are the Hickory Crawdads, Dash 7-5. and five. Now Jersey Shore's up next, and, I mean, they're a, a solid team, I think, from the perspective of the Dash. They're not going to be a powerful hitting team with the exception of a couple players, but those couple of players are high prospects for the Phillies. Yeah. You know, those big hitters, again, leaving guys on base, not a thing when they have them coming up. That's right. And Bryson Stott is one of those guys for – uh, the Phillies organization, their first rounder back in 2019. Uh, I mean, Stott is one of those guys. He's a left-handed shortstop who can go, makes a lot of good contact. He really parlayed a great final junior season at UNLV into his first-round pedigree, and now he's one of those guys that Dash got to look out for. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how they attack him. I mean, with with a lefty like that, and you don't have too many left-handed arms like we just mentioned, Varnell and a couple other guys. I think it's going to be really intriguing to kind of see how that dynamic plays out. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that plays. Um, our social media this week, be prepared. All Jersey Shore puns. Oh, yeah. You um, got to do you it. You have to. It's easy. Sorry, Jersey Shore, if you're listening to this. It is. Just <laughs> they have to appreciate it to an extent. I think, you know, if, if you're going to own it, you're going to own it. Jersey Shore, it just makes it easy. That show, the situation, Mike, the situation, that was our tweet today. There you um, go. Um, Thanks to Drew. So, I mean, it's one of those things that, from the social standpoint, it's going to be really fun. From the baseball standpoint, I'm very excited to see how that turns out because of the way that each team has their roster and how they're lined up. I want to work something in with the game notes, too. I I, I want one of them to be Jim Tan Laundry, but I'm not sure how to put that in there exactly yet. So uh, stay tuned for the game notes. Those will be those, those are a work in progress, so we'll, we'll work that in. Maybe as we well can as talk Jersey to the Shore. clubbies and see if they Jim Tan Laundry. That's right. <laughs> have to highlight them somehow. Jim Tan Laundry. Jim Tan clubbies do laundry. There we go. Um, Maybe we'll do something like that. That yeah. would be funny. Um, But I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the game portion of it to see how that plays out. Because, again, yeah, lefties, those are – few and far between but they have some good guys on theirs that are going to be exciting to watch and exciting for our guys to face people that are lefties we don't have all the time and we'll get jersey shore at home actually in the july month that's right i forgot about that mm-hmm. i should probably memorize the schedule <laughs> well we got i got one nearby i can't exactly remember the uh the dates in july but i know that we play them again um 
20th of July is when they come to Truist Stadium. There you go. That's not too far from now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't get to play every team twice anymore like you used to with a shortened amount of games and such. So it'll be kind of cool to have them here also. Yeah, it'll be fun for them to come down. I'm excited for for their presence here. Again, all the Jersey Shore memes will be <laughs> on our social media, which I'm excited about. So let's jump back, though, to that very first series. A walk-off win. Oh, yeah. We, we glazed over that. We did completely, and I totally just – I needed us to jump back because that was a moment in Truist Stadium. Fans up out of the seats, hooping, hollering. Gloves were tossed in the air. Hats were tossed in the air. I was, I think, stunned. I don't know if I stood up, if I sat down. I don't know what exactly I did in that walk-off win. But it was fantastic energy in our stadium that just – Man, just can't be beat, that kind it was of awesome. stuff. It was great. I mean, I, I remember talking to Andrew Murphy about this after the game during the broadcast as well. It felt like it was a sellout, 28-11, which is 48% capacity. And we'll have more on the updated capacity restrictions coming up. But it felt like that place was sold out with the amount of energy that was there because the Dash were trailing going to the bottom of the 10th. I mean, you obviously get the lead runner on second base like they do in the majors now. Um, but, you know, that's never a guarantee, and you're facing a pretty good pitching staff for Rome that's number one right now in the high A East in ERA. So it, nothing's a given. And then, I mean, realistically, that throw was way off the mark. And, I mean, more chance, more times than not, even if you have second and third, nobody out, you're going to come away with a run. But it's not a guarantee. And so when that throw went essentially what would have been, what would have been into the stands. Had there not been a net. <laughs> exactly. Um <laughs> You know, that allowed the the winning run in Bryce Bush to score. And, I mean, this place was going ballistic. Yeah. I mean, Duke Ellis, who is just speedy when he gets on base, those legs chopping, runs like a maniac. I think when he gets on base, it's just absolutely phenomenal because he just runs so fast. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did he get there? So He's leading the team in stolen bases. It's amazing. And so he was on second. And just for him to run and then Bryce Bush to come in, it was <sighs> – I think I'm still speechless. It was terrific. I mean, Destino put it in play, and he put it where it needed to go. Killed it. Absolutely just suck. Oh, gosh, it was awesome. I'm I'm still just on a high from it, I think. The energy was palpable. Absolutely. I had fans coming up to us after the game. They're like, that was awesome. That oh, was yeah. so great. So from a fan perspective, got free baseball with extra innings and a walk-off win. I mean, come on. You can't beat it can't beat it on a sunday what a way to end on the series a sunday of all days which then of course for us is great because i get to go home early that's right we love sunday games that's right <laughs> i like an early sunday game like the four o'clock i think that's when the that game was three or four o'clock somewhere in that range no, am i right on game. that it's two o'clock game i can't remember come on luke <laughs> it was the, i know the one on uh sunday against jersey shore is 1 p.m and i'm like we getting up early for the game notes on that day. Ooh-wee. That's the only downside of the Sunday game. It's a quick turnaround if the, sun- the Saturday game goes a little late to getting mm-hmm. back here mm-hmm. on Sunday. That's a hard one. I know later in the season we've got a couple early games. Like we have an 11 o'clock game on our last home series. That's right. It's uh, the daycare day, right? Day. It's our MVP for schools. So the, the, I feel bad. Sorry, Asheville, that you have to be up early. <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, and then the next day is our 336 day. And so it's two early games for them. But, you know, then you have the rest of the afternoon to just chill. So That's true. You're welcome. Those uh, MVP days, is that what it's called? Uh-huh. I, I remember doing a uh, a women's basketball game at UNCG for that. And 
It was so loud because it's indoors there, right? So, like, it's so loud. Like, they were just absolutely going insane, and UNCG was playing someone who was a Division three opponent, so they came away with a huge win. Um, but, I mean, the place was wild with these kids. I mean, they're screaming, you know, and they're playing the, the Nickelodeon highlights in between, you know, timeouts and what would be in between innings here. I assume there's going to be some of that. I'm sure Jessica has that planned. <laughs> but, yeah, the kids, when they come out, it is so funny to watch them because they are in it. Ice cream and cake are, oh, yeah. are by Lowe's Foods. It is the dance of the time. Like, they get – after it and so it's very fun for us as staff because it's later in the season we're tired and these kids come out and they're like i love it oh yeah and so it's just this different energy that they get to bring to the ballpark so that's always a fun time for us to come out but um but yeah mvp day gotta love it gonna be exciting in the future and that's the uh, the astral tourists later in the season yes but jersey shore on the docket next um, what do you think is going to be kind of that key, I guess, to to coming away with another series victory? I mean, Jersey Shore is a, a good pitching team. They're a decent hitting team. But I feel like the dash bats really match up well with them. I think our biggest thing is going to make making sure that we're not leaving guys on base. That's a, And it's hard to make sure that we are, you know, bats are making contact and some of these things. But I think if our guys can, can step that up and not leave our runners on, then, it, again, it's a game changer to not leave our guys on base and not have those people just left out on yeah. an island. Well, I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, obviously the name of the game is driving in runs. Mm-hmm. Um, score more than the other team, you tend to win. Is that so, how that works? A lot of times. You know, I've, I've been told that if you score more than the other team, you'll come away with the win. Interesting. Maybe I should make a note. That's right. Well, that's a good social post, yeah, perhaps. Maybe I should. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's what we'll title this podcast. <laughs> score more than score the other team, you'll win. It's <laughs> the game plan. Go out there and score more. Um yeah, so I mean that that goes right with my take of this team's going to be good. Those are my two top <laughs> takes of the season. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think if they can get on Jersey Shore early, I think that's going to go a long way because their pitching is is pretty solid overall. Statistically, they're top five seven um, for most teams in the High East League, so they are one of the better pitching units. But this is a team, at least so far for Jersey Shore, that hasn't really put together cohesive hitting. They've gotten a couple guys that are really good hitters. We talked about Bryson Stott for just a little bit. He's hitting nearly 400, and he's slashing over 1,100 OPS. I know. I mean, mean, he's a first-rounder, and he's the third-ranked prospect in the Philly system. You expect him to be good, and he certainly is. Congratulations, Phillies. (laughs) That's right. Well, he's he's a great choice at a UNLV. I mean, having brushed up on him a lot, he seems like a very good player who can make an impact and be an everyday shortstop for the Phillies. Um, But, I mean, outside of him – and a couple other guys, it feels like the hitting is not always consistent. So I feel like you jump out to a 3 nothing lead in the second inning, they're going to be really pressured to try and get some of that run support back. And I think that feeds into the dash a little bit better because they have these quality arms in the back of the pen. They got Freeman, who's done well. Biazzi came away oh, with the yeah. save. Ayeo had a save. Um, so I think if they can get on them early, I think it's going to go a long way. I think you're probably right. I'm excited. I think it would be great for them to start out and hit and get those runs in early. One, because then you're, I mean, you're not guaranteed, obviously, but it's nice to have those under your belt and ready for later in the game when, you know, they bring in relievers and they change things up and all of those things. It, it allows for you to have a little bit of security and confidence to say, like, it's okay, we've already got a, you know, 3-0 lead on these guys. As long as we can maintain, then wins. 
we get more and wins. That's right. Apparently, that's how that works. <laughs> well, I'd like to continue to see um, you know them jump on for an early lead because even when the dash pitchers are giving up runs, which has happened a couple times this year. I mean, opening day, think back. Uh, Martin only uh, went two innings. Davis Martin. That's right. Um, I I know, but he struck out a lot of guys in that two innings. He struck out four guys. I mean, strikeouts per nine at 18. I mean, that's unsustainable, quite honestly. But dash pitchers are within the top five, eight, in a couple different strikeout categories in the high A East. So, I mean, you continue to strike out batters like that, I think it's going to make it even tougher for these guys who can't put together consistent hitting. Mm -hmm. So that, that might be my key to taking out Jersey Shore, and then we'll see him again in the near future. But the next homestand's Hickory. You're familiar with see them. them. See them again. That's right. I'm ready. It'll be on our turf this time, so mm-hmm. that'll be exciting. Um, I I think Hickory's a fun team to watch. Now, here's the deal. Um, y'all don't hate me for this. I am from Texas, and my team growing up was the Texas Rangers, oh, yeah. who they are affiliated with. And so – and owned by the Rangers, actually, is the way that their mm-hmm. organization works. So um, – I have a little mini soft spot in my heart. Little. Don't come for me. Um, I still cheer go dash. Okay, thanks. So it was kind of fun to watch, you know, the two farm teams that mm-hmm. I've been associated with yeah. my whole life, you know, kind of a situation, um, face each other. And so it's it's a fun series for me personally um, from literally a personal standpoint because it's fun to watch these guys that – you know, right now are young and haven't made it all the way to the show um, to say like, oh, I watched them when they played with oh, yeah. Hickory That's always for fun. the Dash and so now they're in the show and, you know, here in a few years or whatever. But that's a fun one for me personally because I do still follow the Rangers and they're still my soft spot team. So, again, please don't come for me. Um, I'm going to be canceled because of this. <laughs> no, no. I mean, everybody grows up rooting for, for different teams. I mean, I, I had the luxury of – Rooting for the White Sox is one of my two favorite teams, the White Sox and the Reds. Um, so, you know, this this is a great opportunity and fit. But, I mean, let's say we're not working for the Dash. Let's say we're working for Asheville, the tourists. Yeah. I, I got no skin in the Astros game, you know. Oh, I sure as heck do. That's right. Even more so the you. The, the Rangers and Astros. <laughs> yeah. But you'd still root for the but tourists if you work for them. I would still root for the them. tourists if I work for them. Absolutely. So, um venture for the Astros, but you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited from that aspect for my own personal gain. Um, but they're a fun team. They interact well on social media. They're a fun team for, you know, banter and some of these other things. And so um, like last week they commented and they said, you know, that we had jinxed ourselves. We didn't because the night before, no such luck. before we had claimed a win, and so I, you know, it was a nice friendly banter back of like, oh, we said that yesterday and look how that turned out. And so <laughs> it's fun for me to be able to be like, ooh, to stuff mm-hmm. back at them. And so they're they're a fun team to interact with um, front office and social media wise. So I'm excited for them to be back here um, on our area and for I got, for our guys to be back at home and for us to be playing at a true stadium again because hello. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a minute. Yeah. And it's interesting this year that it's the six and six setup yeah. because I feel like we're gone for so long versus in other, you know, years, you're, you feel, and maybe I'm crazy, but you feel like you're home more. Oh, yeah. And so it's going to be interesting the rest of the year. 
the weeks that were six back to back, I'm gonna be like, oh my gosh, I oh it's to, gonna be. Wild. I need them to leave. <laughs> I can't do this. Those twelve, basically twelve games while we're here, it's gonna be. Well, it is twelve games. I was gonna say fourteen, and I said twelve. Words are hard. those Mondays off. Words are hard too. My gosh. It's true. But those Mondays off, they get you. Thank goodness, though. Um, so it's gonna be interesting after those you know that two weeks that we're home for us to have that breather um but while they're gone i'm like oh, i kind of miss them miss the game i miss i miss yeah. them being here you know you know like you miss your dog when you're at work like, oh, i miss my dog or you know whatever other thing that you miss yeah. when you're well you just want them to come around i mean it's fun having the games like we said earlier yeah it's fun having fans in the stands again and when it's it's been gone, and so we've been at the ballpark because they've been gone, but we've been at the ballpark doing things, and you look out and you're like, it just is so quiet. When you're so, you know, you're back to used to seeing people here, and then they're gone for two weeks, and you're you're just a little sad about it. Yeah. No, I got you. I mean, that's how it is. I mean, you you want to have fans in the stands, you want to have games. Um, the only thing that I kind of like with having the six games is at least from a travel perspective. If I was one of the players, and I mean, granted. Not really going on the road right now. Maybe that's a thing for you know Greensboro, some of these closer places in the future. Um, but if you're going to Jersey Shore, I mean it's it's tough to try and I mean that's a nine hour bus ride. Yeah, to to Jersey Shore. I mean New Jersey's not close. No, and I think luckily I think the way our schedule worked out really benefits our guys because they left for Jersey Shore yesterday on that Monday. Yeah, and then when they come back on Sunday. And it's late, and they get back at one thirty in the morning or whatever time they actually get back at. At least they have Monday to recuperate. Oh, versus yeah. there's times that you know you come back from big travel, and it's back to the stadium and oh, yeah. time to time to work again. So I do think from their aspect, that is the six home games or six games and one day off is really great for them because it helps them kind of recuperate in that way of you know get a little extra rest, off day workout, go eat some Chick Fil A. My personal favorite. <laughs> Diamond Rewards member. <laughs> I'm a whatever signature it is. rewards member, Luke. <laughs> I, I don't know the names of the reward program. I just know that they, whatever the, the highest one is, they're going to give you. That's what I have. I get rewards all the time because I eat Chick-fil-A like nobody's business. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how I, I'm not 700 pounds. I, thank you, God. It's all the steps around the ballpark. That's probably exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near Ryan. Uh, manuals Oof. count, but I I'm up there. Forty one thousand steps on opening day. Ryan Manuel did. It's a lot of steps. His, it's enough to get to Greensboro, right? It's uh, so, probably to the airport in Greensboro, which is mm -hmm. on our side of it. Um, his record. Did we talk about that? His record is forty five thousand on opening day. Are you kidding me? I'd like to know how many miles that is. I have no idea, but it's a lot. Probably, I, yeah. think, he's, I think he's something like 20, like 22 or something like nice that. Nice little casual marathon. I'm telling you. Pass. Yeah. No, thank you. Granted, if I was here and walking around since 7 a.m., I would probably be somewhere in that realm. But I don't think I – like, I think my feet would be dog tired. I just can't imagine. I have to think so. He joked the next day. He said, "Amanda, you did not, you did not want to know. Getting out of bed the next morning, I looked like an elderly man." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I stumbled to the bathroom to shower." 
the be- the best picture that I found, thinking of him older now, I, I showed this to you, and apparently it's on the Dash's Facebook, a picture of him in 2008 where he is clean-shaven and he's like his professional-looking picture. baby in that picture. It is, it is awesome. It is not vastly different, but he just looks so young in that picture. And so um, I think somewhere on our drive there's a picture of him from like 2003. Oh, wow. Like back in the day. I've got to go dig for it and show you. But there's one from way back. And and I think Joe has found it before and sent it to, to Amanda and to Ryan because it was their headshots from way back when. And he sent it to Oh, my goodness. Them. And so um, – I'm going to have to see if I can find I have this. to find that somewhere. We'll pin it up in the broadcast booth oh, somewhere around here. He looks like an infant in comparison to what he looks like now. Granted, he, you know, the beard always helps. That's true, yeah. And so some guys look older, some guys look younger, and it just, you know, the beard. The beard can make or break. That's right. That's but why I got mine. I look break. 16 years old without it. <laughs> I, can <see> that. <laughs> I can see that because you have no hair. It's true. And so if you shaved your face, you would look like... I look significantly younger. Oh, I, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to picture it right now while staring at you. Um, <laughs> for those at home trying to figure out what I'm doing, I'm literally staring at Luke's face trying to imagine it without a beard. That's right. I've never seen you without one. Well, that would make sense because you think you look 12, but <laughs> yeah. I've never seen you I, a Ever beard. since I've I've shaved the head, it's been there. So, I mean, I, think I, don't, I don't need to go down that hole, no. uh, the, down that portal. No. Have you ever accidentally... Thankfully not. Oh Nothing that couldn't be recovered from. Oh, that's good. It Thank was just goodness. like a little short one time. Yeah, yeah. like I can, I can shave it so it's shorter, but, you know, I can't be doing too much. Oh, no. Okay. Otherwise, like uh, one of the opening press conferences that I did for Ryan Newman on Zoom, I was obviously the first one in there, you right. know, greet the media members, whatever. And so this media member comes on and he's like, hey, Ryan, how you doing? Like, just want to get to you. Know, I'm like, oh, I'm not Ryan. I'm like, but I will take that. I'm like... <laughs> Ryan looks very good. He does. He looks great. Yeah. That's a big compliment for you. I, I was I was happy with it. I gotta I, say. I'd take it and run. I was very pleased. So that was one of my favorite parts of the season so far. You what was it. one of your favorite parts aside from opening day? Um, you know what? I opening day really was a special one for me. But I think my favorite has been um, our little leagues that were out this past. Well, I guess not past, but our first Saturday when we had little leagues. Um. I have a time-lapse video of – so we do Kids Run the Bases by New Balance. Got to throw that in there. Um, every weekend game. And so I was sitting up in the press box typing up um, – not game recaps because that's what you guys do, but graphic game mm-hmm. recaps. And I looked out, and there's this swarm of children. Oh, there were a whole bunch of kids. A whole swarm of children on our field. And so I set up my phone to do a time-lapse – and so it's just these kids just, like, speedily running around the bases. And I think that one might be up there. But I also – I think this is my favorite. I'm going to – actually, I'm going to change my answer. This is my favorite. I turned 26 on our first Saturday game. I got to spend my birthday in a ballpark, which is, as a kid, all I ever wanted to do. Um, and so I, I got to spend my birthday here. And with the people that I work with and care about and love and laugh with and all of these things. And we, I turned a year older. I think that might be my favorite. They great did, way to spend it. They did put my name on the video board, but they didn't film me. Thank you, God. I was probably up in the press box looking a hot mess. I just run around the stadium. Jessica was like, 
where are you? Look at the video <laughs> board. And I was like, they wanted I'm to get looking. you on. They wanted to make sure that I was looking at it. And they played God Bless Texas for me. Oh, there we go. So I felt very special, very loved. I ate a lot of cake and a lot of food, and they played God Bless Texas. So I can't complain. It's a great way to start. It's a great birthday. Oh, yeah. A great start to 26. Yeah. I spent the last few hours of 25 uh, with fireworks and then cleaning up debris. Yeah. And then I came in the next day, and I had turned 26, and I got to watch a baseball game. And (laughs) I mean, as a kid, that's all I ever wanted was to be at the ballpark. Now, I never really wanted my birthday party to be at the ballpark because I just wanted to go watch. I didn't need all of the hoopla Mm -hmm. that comes along with it. I just wanted to watch a game. So I would bring, like, me and a couple friends, and my parents would take us to a game. And I loved it. Ate it up. Popcorn, cotton candy, pretzels. I mean, literally, if I asked my parents Whole nine. The whole, the whole spread. It was A1. I loved it. And so now as an adult, getting to, one, have my job be baseball, but two, getting to do my birthday at the place that I would have probably been at anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be here like it or not. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I, well, not even just like it or not because it's my job, but like had I still been back in Texas and in that area that I grew up, that's where I would have been. I would have called my friend and said, hey, this is what I want to do for my birthday. I would have been sitting in the stands. This time, I get to clean up fireworks. Clean up fireworks and then celebrate with everyone. Celebrate with the staff that I work with. And so it was special in that regard. And so I think that one is a little memory I get to hold in my heart forever. 26 was a good start. If only the Dash would have given you the birthday present of a tarp pole on your 26th. Oh my gosh. I think I'm okay with it of happening on my birthday. Um, we we have pulled tarp several times. We've done times. it a handful of times. And I think the hardest time for tarp pulling was after opening day when Murph and I had been here a long time. And then everyone's like, 8 a.m. tomorrow, we're pulling tarp. I'm like, oh, just a punch in the gut. That one was hard. Opening Well, and opening night, we pulled the tarp over. Yes, that's right. And so we had, you know, I think our entire staff, we had been there since, what, 845 is when we usually get in, somewhere in between there. You were here at 4 o'clock in the morning because right. it's opening day. Um, I did not arrive to the front office until much later, so thank you for being here for all of the media people gotcha. so that I could sleep. I appreciate that. I got you. So, and I know Jessica gets, on opening day, gets here at like 5 a.m. And so, Oh, she was here early too. Yeah, she's always here super early. And so um, our staff had been here a very long time. Some of some of y'all went home and took naps. Others of us got, I think I actually ended up getting to the office closer to 7 that morning. But um, just to feel like I had enough time to yeah. do everything. And so then we got the call at the end of the game on the radio. Hey. <laughs> tarp tarp and we're like okay and you know what opening was it opening day where it just poured right before game time yeah yeah it was that one was that was crazy because it let out though or let off it did it let off just the right time but right beforehand we pulled the tarp on and it as we finished the tarp the skies just poured and i was like oh my god gosh wow ryan ideal timing timing yeah like he just timed it perfectly so thank goodness for that so we could still have a game but yeah and then we had to pull the tarp on afterwards and that 8 a.m that 8 a.m the next morning 
Oof. It was not fun. That Oof. that particular moment was not fun. Oof. That might be my least favorite moment. You know what? I think everyone says that. <laughs> I think some of us joked that we would never complain about a tarp pull again if we could have baseball back. So maybe I should stop complaining. I don't know if I uh, joined in on that one, but <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I made that agreement, but I'm sure I liked a few of their tweets saying, "Yeah, you're probably right. I don't yeah. know if I'll complain." Um Here we are. Here I am complaining a little bit. Not a lot. Oh yeah. We haven't and luckily Knock on wood, knock on literally everything. We haven't had to do a tarp pull in the middle of a game yet. Oh, yes. Um, I need wood right now because I just spoke <laughs> that into existence. So, thankfully, we haven't been there yet. I'm counting down. I I know it's not going to happen this season. Like, it's go- like, I'm going to have to pull. We're not going to make it out of the season without having to pull the tarp at least once in the middle of a game. It'd be pretty cool if we uh, didn't have to do that, though, in no, the middle of a game. That dream but take it a day at a time yep you're right we'll see what happens I'm excited yeah tarp wow never fun but yeah i mean there was a lot of fun moments from that first series or from the first couple series so far um i feel like one of my favorite moments was not only just getting back in the broadcast booth and, and calling some games and stuff like that um but i feel like being able to work with everybody was a lot of fun you know getting to, to work with murph for the first time um, you know, coordinate with all you guys, you know, work with the off air and stuff like that. So I think kind of just going back to, to calling baseball games. I mean, it had been a while. So I think that was probably my, my favorite part. And the walk-off win was obviously the, the pinnacle of that first series when it comes to a win-loss perspective. Um, but I mean, it was a, it was a terrific series and I'm looking forward to the Jersey Shore one. Yeah, me too. I'm very pumped. Starting today. That's right. And we'll have some new protocols for when people come back in the uh, following series against the Crawdads. That's right. Yeah, we are. So with Major League's announcements and and Governor's announcements and some of these things, masks are kind of a, I say a thing of the past, but not entirely. So our, our rules and protocol is if you've been vaccinated, don't have to wear a mask. If you have it we still ask that you wear a mask and keep that protocol the same for the safety of yourself and of others and you know do the right thing wear a mask if you haven't been vaccinated those kinds of things um we are still keeping one section i think maybe two maybe our entire home run porch i'm tickets is still talking um but for sure section 101 will remain potted for those that would like to um have that experience still who you know either if you're masked then we'll still have you sit over in that potted area just one for your safety and for the safety of others of course but also if you're just kind of still really hesitant about it which is understandable we spent a year in this kind of crazy time and so you know if you're still a little hesitant we do have that option still set in place for you to have that space between you and your neighbor the rest of our stadium will be at 100% capacity, which is really exciting for us because we'll get to see so many more people come through our doors and, and have that baseball that they've been missing for, gosh, really a long, long time. time. Um, before opening day, it was like, what, 618 days or something like yeah. that? So that's insane. When I think about that number, it's truly insane. So for us to give that opportunity for those who want to come out, want to be part of our environment, 
but still a little hesitant or are not vaccinated, that is an option. And then everyone else will have the option to just sit like, quote unquote, normal. Um, back in the before times. Right. You know, back in the 2019 days. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really fun for us since, as far as that goes. And so I'm looking forward to not having to worry about masks and actively eating and making sure people stay in their potted seats because we didn't, um, as our ops, you know, people decided we didn't actually zip tie our seats that weren't available. And so there were times that people would move from the lawn into seats, which in normal years, people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. We know that's a thing. It's, it is what it is. That happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. I mean, it happens in major league stadiums. It's not just a minor league thing and it's not just our stadium. And so that had happened a couple times and we had to say like, sorry, you can't sit here. Like you have to be in your area because we, that's how Town it has is. to be. And so I know some people were frustrated about that. And I know concessions lines was a hard place to make sure people kept distance and wearing masks was always hard to, you know, you ask people and they pull them up and then they go to take a drink of beer and they pull their mask down and they just don't think pull it back up. And so it's just one of those things that it's for us, it's going to be kind of a breath of fresh air to not have to feel like we're hounding people to follow rules and regulations. And it kind of gets to feel more again, quote unquote, normal. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that for us to, you know, again, be getting back to that, that state of we're not having to worry about all of those things and people just get to come and enjoy and be here and not have to be, you know, counting and, you know, can I have this person sit by me? Well, if I just buy their ticket, are they going to be next to me? Are they going to be two rows away from me? Are they going to be, you know, wherever? Well, now we can just kind of put people together again like we normally would. And so that's really exciting for us and for marketing and for ticketing. I'm sure it's thrilled to not have to be worried about pods anymore. And so, except for in our, you know, our safe zones. And so that's going to be a fun one. It'll be fun for our kids zone to get up and running fully again. You know, the lawn can be a even bigger place pups in the park will be even bigger and some of these things that that we really look forward to get to be even bigger events and so i am excited for us to have these kind of rules and regulations and and protocols lifted off of us so that we can function like years past like it was in 2019 and before like when it was bb and t when it was bb and t wow it's a deep cut now i'm telling you my gosh (laughs) wow bb and that's a throw back. So it'll be fun for True Stadium to be at its maximum capacity and maximum place. And so for us, that's that's a very big thing and a really exciting thing for us to look forward to. And, and I think come June, we'll have even more ability for, you know, access to players and some of these other things that right now we still don't have that full access to them because they are slowly – taking those things off and Mm -hmm. so we obviously don't want to jump head first in and have something bad happen and heaven forbid and so we are slowly going to bring our players into the fold of they can be with fans they can sign autographs they can do media interviews and so now even our media interview process has changed now they can be on the field with six feet of distance between them media has to be masked um, the player can choose whether to be masked or not, but they have to, or maybe it's 12 feet of distance between the two of them. 
whatever, there's some distance between mm-hmm. the two of them in order to create that, that definite space. And so that'll be really exciting for media people to be able to come in and, and slowly but surely we'll be able to, to get baseball back to its, I say former glory, but it's not necessarily. It's truest form. Yes. Where players have the ability to interact with their fans, which is such a treat for minor league baseball. It's a really big sticking point. I know a lot of people talk about growing up, they met their, you know, hero in the minor leagues and they followed them up into the majors. And so they remember that person when they met them at, gosh, like the Salem Red Sox or, you know, at the dash. And now they're playing for the Red Sox or for the White Sox. And so it's this idea of being able to have those player interactions again and create those memories that just don't happen on the same level once you get to the majors. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everybody's super excited about it, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm ready for it. One last thing before we close it out. Predictions. Going into this series against Hickory, how do you think? Let's hear a prediction for this uh, upcoming series against Jersey Shore. To quote Luke, they will be good. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they will. They will be good. They're seven and five. They will They're be good. Seven and five. They will be good. My dream would be that we just walk away with less than eight left on base. Okay, in each game. In each game, less I like than that. Eight. Less than eight. I, I feel like, like that. that's attainable. That is very attainable. I mean, in those last couple of games against uh, Hickory, they had only a handful left. I mean, it was three in one game, five in another, and I think I think they did have one game with six and another with eight. But I mean, they they started doing a lot better down mm-hmm. the stretch. Mm-hmm. I like that. We'll, we'll hope that happens. Less than eight left on base. I'm going to predict against Jersey Shore, they're going to win at least four games. I like it. The starters will have three of those wins. One will be from the bullpen, and they'll get they'll be low perfect in save chances. That's going to be my my prediction coming up against the Blue Claws. Wow. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. We're, uh, we'll talk about it next week, I guess. That's right. We'll do another one of these. We'll see how it goes. Right, we'll write down the predictions yeah, just write to down be the sure. Predictions to confirm. We'll write them down. But that should do it for episode two, Amanda. It was a lot of fun. I love it. We'll be back at it again next week. See you then. Dash taking on the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. They'll be heading back to Truist Stadium, take on the Hickory Crawdads after that. Until then, Luke Callan and Amanda Weaver saying so long. They're back at it again next week against Hickory.